Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, February 12th, and we start with local news. No injuries were reported after the Murray County Fire Department put out a vehicle fire on Saturday afternoon. Crews with the Murray County Fire Department were called to Blue Springs Road, where they found a pickup truck on fire. The fire was extinguished without incident, according to officials. The Murray County Fire Department added that the fire was accidental and that no one was reported as injured. On February 2nd, a jury in the Middle District of Tennessee found Jamal Gardner guilty of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm, announced United States Attorney Henry C. Leventis. According to evidence presented at trial on February 2nd, Gardner beat and tried to strangle the mother of his children. A little over an hour later, a Columbia police officer initiated a traffic stop of a vehicle for reckless driving. As the officer approached the vehicle, the driver got out holding an AR-15 rifle and immediately began firing at the officer. As the officer took cover and returned fire, the driver, later identified as Jamal Gardner, fled into a nearby residence and continued firing at responding officers. Over the next two hours, Gardner fired approximately 80 rounds from at least four firearms before escaping from the house. Gardner fled the scene and was arrested a few days later in Michigan. This prosecution underscores the Justice Department's commitment to hold violent criminals accountable, especially those that are brazen enough to attack law enforcement, as the defendant did in this case, said United States Attorney Henry C. Leventis. Gardner will be sentenced uh, at a later date by United States District Court Judge William William L. Campbell, Jr., If the court finds that Gardner qualifies as an armed career criminal, he will be sentenced to a mandatory minimum of 15 years to life in federal prison. Additional charges relating to Gardner's attempted murder of multiple Columbia Police Department officers and his aggravated assault on his former domestic partner are pending in state court. He remains presumed innocent of those state charges. This case was investigated by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the Columbia Police Department, and the 22nd Judicial District Attorney's Office. Assistant U.S. Attorneys Josh Kurtzman and Phil Wabey prosecuted the case. Columbia City Council approved the next step in the city creating a new wastewater treatment plant. The $95.2 million contract was awarded to Kentucky-based Judy Construction, who will serve as the contractor on the project. The item was approved unanimously Thursday night during the council's February regular meeting, bringing this year's long I'm sorry, bringing this years-long project one step closer to sustaining citizens' wastewater needs for many decades to come. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder commented that considering how much work has been done to get to this point, it's sort of anticlimactic when the final decision comes down to a simple vote. But that it's one that will be historic and very much needed for many future decades. Tonight's meeting for this body is somewhat historic in the sense that we have an opportunity to approve a very significant capital improvement project for our city's infrastructure that will have a shelf life of 40-plus years, Mayor Mulder said. In addition to that, it is providing us an opportunity to cast a historic vote in the sense that this is the largest capital expenditure in Columbia's history. That is not lost on me for sure, he said. 
Mayor Mulder also thanks City Manager Tony Massey and the Wastewater Department staff for their due diligence in bringing the project forward. Having this get to our agenda, it seems simple at this time, but it was very far from simple to get us here, Mayor Mulder said. We know there is still a lot of work to do after what we passed tonight, but that's the fun work, the construction and overseeing the project, where in the end, we know it is worth it, as well as decades from today, he said. In addition, the council approved a $1.9 million contract with J.R. Woford and Company for engineering services related to the new plant. The city's current wastewater treatment plant was initially constructed in 1978, which wastewater director Donnie Boshears said has reached the end of its life cycle. There is also the need to sustain its services for the city's continued growth. There has been a lot of work for this project so far, with all of the designing and planning, as well as purchasing 22 acres near our existing property about two years ago for the new plant, Boshears said. Several things won't change, such as what we call the headworks, where the flow comes into the plant. That's going to stay where it is, but will be upgraded and everything's going to be new. Boshears added that construction is expected to start in the late spring or early summer months, mostly due to weather, with a project timeline of approximately four years. The current facility will also be demolished once the new plant becomes operational. And I appreciate the support that they've had during the whole process through this, and we look forward to continuing this process with them in the future. It's a really exciting time with all of the foresight and knowledge of our city fathers helping us through this, Boshier said. On Friday, Compassus, a hospice and palliative care center, held their grand opening. Front Porch Radio's Delk Kennedy attended the ribbon cutting and spoke to marketing executive Wendy Davis to learn more about what Compassus has to offer. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at 1503 Hatcher Lane. I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Compassus. This is their new location. I'm speaking with Wendy Davis, area marketing executive for Compassus. Wendy, congratulations. Thank you. We're excited y'all are here. Tell me what Compassus is. So Compassus provides hospice and palliative care um, in our community. We service 12 counties in Middle Tennessee, so Murray being one of our main counties. Um, provide end-of-life care for patients with hospice care, and then with palliative care, we provide support for patients who maybe aren't quite ready for hospice or eligible for hospice, but to provide them with symptom management to allow them to stay at home, avoid going to the hospital um, as much as possible. That's amazing. Now, is a referral required from a physician? So typically, we do receive referrals from physicians, but if patients are interested, they can just call our office at 931-381-4090 and let us know, and then we can take it from there and get in touch with their physician or any providers that they go to at that point. It doesn't necessarily have to come directly from the physician office. There we go. And, And not only do you care for the patient, you provide bereavement care, care for the whole family. Yes, we have bereavement care. We have chaplains on service. We also have social workers that can help patients and families if they need FMLA paperwork filled out, if they need placement at a facility. Um, we really try to take a lot of the burden off the caregivers and so they can just love on their loved ones. And then we like to do everything we can to get them where they need to be and get them the level of care they need. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, insurance is accepted. Yes, most insurances cover 
cover hospice 100%, and then palliative care that other services spoke about, it is also covered by most insurances, but we would always run the insurance benefit first to be sure. And also with hospice, we offer different levels of care. So we can take care of patients at home, in facilities. If they need a higher level of care and need hospice within the hospital, we do a lot of inpatient hospice at Murray Regional. So truly just any level of care the patient needs, we're going to find a way to provide it. And for more information about Compasses here in Columbia, where do people go? So you can go to Compasses.com, and there's a wealth of information on there about hospice and palliative services, or you can call our office directly at 931-381-4090. Okay, website and phone number one more time. Compasses, that's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-U-S dot com, and the phone number is 931-381-4090, or you you can stop by our location here right on Hatcher Lane. There we go. Again, Delp Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Compasses' new location here on Hatcher Lane, 1503 Hatcher Lane. I'm speaking with Wendy Davis, Area Marketing Director for Compasses. And once again, Wendy, congratulations. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Murray County Public Schools approved last week plans to construct a new elementary school to address growth and population needs in northern Columbia. The proposed North Columbia Elementary School will be located on approximately 30 acres just off Highway 31 and Carters Creek Pike, with an estimated cost of $63 million, as well as an additional $2 million for school buses. The school is expected to serve about 900 students once becoming operational. The school was first requested by the Murray County Public Schools Board last year and will now go before the Murray County Commission in April to approve funding and an opportunity to go to bid, which also includes checking fire codes and final project costs. If all goes according to plan, the goal is to open by the fall of 2025 and service kids in pre-K to the fourth grade. Murray County Public Schools Assistant Superintendent of Operations Eric Perriman said the drive is to provide a school mainly for students living in places like Neapolis, families off Bear Creek Pike, the Riverside community, as well as Southern Spring Hill. This will shift kids back to Columbia proper, because many of them don't have a place to go to school because we are full in most every grade. It's the same thing in Spring Hill Elementary Zone, Perriman said. There's a lot of growth along the west side of Carter's Creek Pike, as well as near Spring Hill Elementary School. And so, as we see that growth again, we need to ensure we are keeping space for kids in Spring Hill. We took a lot of time making sure where this needed to be, he said. Perriman added that the funding would come from a capital request to the county commission, which would determine when and if the school could open in 2025. Hopefully, once we get bids in and it happens to be lower than $63 million, we can take that number to the commission of what it actually costs, and that hard bid can serve as a permanent price to them because there is a contingency there, Perriman said. That's so that if you discover that something could be changed, it's already funded and taken care of, and hopefully by the end of the project, you're seeing that contingency money coming back. Perriman said the North Columbia School will only not only address the growing needs currently facing existing schools, but will also serve as a template for future schools. In other words, the school board would be able to start with a ready-made design, make slight adjustments if necessary, and cut back on time as well as money to construct a new school when the need arises. It will basically be a prototype kind of school to where the next time we need to build an elementary school, we'll take this school and move it somewhere else, Perriman said. 
Basically, we want this to be the model Murray County School of the future, he said. It will also be designed to be energy efficient, which he said would be much more cost effective to taxpayers, as well as provide greener and modern energy uses for the students and faculty. Murray County Schools Superintendent Lisa Ventura added that having a template to work from will also provide a greater benefit for future schools as Murray County's population continues to increase, not just in saving money on preliminary designs, but also the time it takes to build. This will save taxpayers on design fees and not have to go through the whole process again and again, which we've had to do in the past, Ventura said. Having that phase done, we can go right into making small adjustments, bids for cost, and then move forward, she said. Ventura said a big component of the design is to remain energy efficient, which will pay off literally over the years with LED lighting and geothermal heating. One of the shocking things to me was learning how just how much better we can build buildings and create an ecological footprint, Ventura said. We can have larger schools that are very efficient for teaching and learning and accommodating students, she said. Part of the school's design is to provide the utmost safety for the students attending from playground equipment to traffic to tornado shelter. Because of our new safety standards, you'll see that the playgrounds are encompassed into the footprint of the building, so the kids never go out and away from the building unless they are taken specifically by teachers, Paramid said. We've taken steps to address traffic concerns as far as how we designed the building, designed the roads getting to the building. That allows us to serve the north side of Columbia up to Spring Hill High School. It also addresses the continued Bear Creek Pike growth, he said. The design and color scheme is created to provide a welcoming environment for students, complete with spacious classrooms, cafeteria, and anyone who visits the front lobby. The school will also serve as an emergency shelter. It is designed to meet the needs of a modern classroom and designed in a way to last over the next 40 to 50 years, and will also have a lot of bright colors, things of vitality, and words that are important to kids in elementary schools, Paramin said. He said the school will meet all the needs for pre-K to fourth grade students in Murray County. It also has a full tornado shelter that is FEMA rated to hold up to 1,000 people, Paramin said. It is to the standards of Murray County schools, the standards we need for classrooms, for safety and materials. And the design is to allow the most usage of this building both for public and private use, he said. The school's daycare center for pre-K children will open March 12th of this year, Murray County Public Schools Communications Director Jack Cobb said. On Saturday at the National Guard Armory, Harvest Chair held their annual Soup and Bowl fundraiser. Our own Del Kennedy stopped by and spoke to Rod Taylor about the event and what Harvest Chair's mission is to the community. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, Saturday, I'm at the National Guard Armory here in Columbia, Tennessee. I Tomorrow, this is Saturday, tomorrow is the Super Bowl, but today is the Soup and Bowl. It's a benefit for Harvest Share. Various uh, restaurants around the county have contributed soup, and folks are making donations to Harvest Share and sampling the soup. We're also having a little live auction here for to benefit Harvest Share. I'm, I'm with Rod Taylor. He's with Harvest Share. Tell us about Harvest Share, Rod. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Uh, Harvest Share has been around 30-plus years here in Columbia. Uh, we provide food uh, for uh, anyone in need. In Murray. All you have to do is be a resident of Murray County, and you 
you come every 30 days and get and pick up uh, food from us. And we uh, we really don't have any restrictions other than that. Every 30 days, and uh, this is our annual fundraiser, 13th annual uh, Soup and Bowl, where we kind of you know tail off for the Super Bowl tomorrow, and then we do a live auction, a silent auction, and we have 15 of our local restaurants provide soup for us, and we have the best soup in Murray County. There you go, folks. Now, people are here helping out Harvest Share today. But I'm sure year-round you need uh, contributions, whether it's money or food, and you need volunteers, do you not? We do, yes, sir, and I appreciate that very much. And we do have a very good group of volunteers, but we're always looking for more volunteers. We always have different events going on throughout the year where we do food giveaways at different locations. Uh, we need people to help stock shelves and restock shelves. So and anytime you want to donate food that you're not going to use or that you, you picked up extra and you want to bring up, we're more than welcome to take that. And obviously money, anytime you want to you know, donate money, we can. We, do, we definitely want to accept all that. So, All right, and I assume Harvest Share has a Facebook page and maybe another page as well, Harvest Share of Murray County, I mean. Yes, we do have a Facebook page. Um, obviously, um, we're over on 9th Street, um, so come and visit us. Our number is on the, uh, phone, on the uh, website there. And, uh, again, any of the um, Harvest Share board members are always willing to help, too. So just let us know if you're willing to volunteer or help us out. All right. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm, it's Saturday. I'm at the Soup and Bowl, benefiting Harvest Share. Tomorrow is the Super Bowl. Uh, Rod, congratulations on a great event. This place is packed. Thank you. Appreciate it very much, Delk. And, again, we thank everybody for coming out and helping us. Thank you. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with periods of rain. The high will be around 55 degrees with winds out of the north-northeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of rain? 100% with an inch of rain possible. Tonight, we can expect rain that will diminish as the night goes on. The low will be around freezing, 32 degrees, with winds out of the west-northwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of overnight precipitation? 100%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs, and I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. 
But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Are you a homeowner looking to unlock the potential of your home equity? Explore a home equity loan with First Farmers. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and we would like to invite you to access funds with a home equity loan. For home improvements, invest in education, or simplify your finances, you can make your dreams a reality with the power of your home equity. Get started today. Apply online at myfirstfarmers.com or call to speak with one of our team specialists at 1-800-882-8378. Equal housing lender. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neuschen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because He changed mine. to Southern Middle Tennessee today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A majority of the workers at the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga signed cards to join a union. 
the United Auto Workers Union announced this week, part of a new push across the South in the wake of the UAW's recent wins. The plant, which broke ground in 2009, has 4,100 union-eligible workers, according to VW. We respect our workers' rights to decide the question of union representation, and we remain committed to providing accurate information that helps inform them of their rights and choices, said VW in a statement. The union collected those signatures over the past 60 days, although the union has been quietly organizing at the plant since a failed unionization drive in 2019. We've been there from the last vote. We've never left, said Tim Smith, UAW's director for the southern states. Once 70% of the workers sign union cards, the UAW will ask VW to voluntarily recognize the union. If the company refuses, the union will ask for an election overseen by the National Labor Review Board. We want to make sure we have the numbers so that when we petition for a vote, we win, Smith said. In 2019, the majority of the workers at the VW plant voted not to join the UAW. The union accused VW of intimidating workers and interfering in the election. Politicians, including U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn and Governor Bill Lee, opposed the unionization effort. The union also lost an election at the Chattanooga VW plant in 2014. Likewise, in the lead-up to that vote, then-U.S. Senator Bob Corker, a former Chattanooga mayor who helped recruit VW to the city, and then-Governor Bill Haslam also, also vocally opposed the UAW's effort to unionize the plant. Last year, the UAW struck and won favorable contracts with substantial pay raises and other concessions from the big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. In Tennessee, the UAW currently represents workers at 21 companies or facilities in various industries, including the GM plant in Spring Hill. After that victory, the UAW turned its focus to the South, which has historically been hostile to organized labor. Auto manufacturing by the big three and foreign manufacturers like VW have been growing in the South, with many of those plants producing hybrid and electric vehicles. The UAW is also actively working to organize workers at the Hyundai plant in Montgomery, Alabama, and Mercedes plant in the Mercedes plant in Tuscaloosa. Micheline Maynard, a longtime auto journalist and publisher of the Substack newsletter Intersection, Everything That Moves, believes as the Chattanooga plant has grown and added workers, the UAW's chances for a victory have increased. The plants have now taken on a little bit of age, Maynard said. In 2022 and 2023, VW hired 1,660 workers in Chattanooga for a third shift. A spokesperson for VW noted that the company received roughly 14,000 applicants for those jobs. A newly proposed bill to, is seeking to allow records from the Tennessee Department of Tourist Development to be exempt from public records laws if the Tourism Commissioner and Attorney General deem them sensitive. The bill, sponsored by Representative William Lamberth, is modeled after a similar exemption for the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development that was passed in 1988 and would keep records deemed sensitive secret for five years. Administration officials say the bill is needed to help attract companies to Tennessee, but a leading open records advocate in the state and the proposal is over said the I'm sorry said the proposal is overly broad, lacks true accountability, and could hurt transparency. Lambert said the bill came directly from Governor Bill Lee's administration and the Department of Tourist Development. As House Majority Leader, Lambert regularly sponsors bills part of the Lee's admin, Lee administration's agenda. 
Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Minutes matter when you call 911 for a heart attack, and Murray Regional Health is ready to care for you. Utilizing the -the state-of-the-art cardiac cath lab at Murray Regional Medical Center, our team of expert cardiologists and experienced clinical professionals are equipped to investigate heart conditions quickly and perform life-saving interventional procedures. Go to murrayregional.com slash heart to learn more. And remember, always dial 911 when you or someone near you is experiencing heart attack symptoms. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercarey.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Beach Boys announced they'll bring their iconic Southern Californian sound to venues across the country with their Endless Summer Gold 2024 tour. Kicking off February 21st at the Hawaii Theater in Honolulu, the tour will stop at the Ryman Auditorium on September 23rd. Tickets for most dates are available now. Visit thebeachboys.com for more information. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today. I'm Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM, WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.